0: stuff, getting out and about, how many ready for fall already, yeah, yeah, I love, I love summer, I'm ready, I'm, I'm a 90 degree kind of guy, yeah, right in the 88 to 98, that's my sweet spot right there, of course, uh, thick people tend to sweat in that spot, but uh, I still enjoy it, I I like the warm, I don't like the cold, how many love the cold, do you like the cold, you are in the wrong part of the country, man. Well, good. I'm glad that we have a season for everybody in Oklahoma. Just hold on a few minutes is what they say and then the weather will change. It'll just come back around. Well, I'm glad that you're here today. We're in the middle of this series, uh, Summer at South Point. We've got uh, an exciting message today. I feel like one that God really laid on my heart for today. Uh, Before we jump into it, though, let me remind you of a couple of things. Uh, In, what is it, four weeks from today, four weeks from yesterday, on July 21st, is our uh, Rockwood Elementary School Outreach, Backpack, Back to School, whatever we're calling it, outreach, where we're going to have everybody at South Point. Everybody say, me too. That's right. All of us at South Point. uh, It's our South Point Serve Day, so we'll all go over there. We'll all hang out. Uh, We're going to be cooking for them, giving haircuts, family photos, uh, school uniforms, all different kinds of fun stuff for them. Just blessing that. That, that faculty of the school, blessing those uh, families that are involved in that school. And uh, we're just excited because we get to be a part of what God's doing. That's what we're excited about. So I want, you, want to encourage you, um, stop by. There's a table in the lobby today. You can stop by, sign your name on there, get the information. They'll email it to you, contact you with all the good stuff, let you know, keep you updated on, on what the progress is. And secondly, I don't know if you noticed in Common Grounds, in our cafe, that our summer t-shirts are in. So drop by there, pick you up one. We have a uh, limited supply, so once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, they're the super soft, comfy ones, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, I'm not selling T-shirts. We're going to move on with the message. Uh, but I, I got one, and I love it. They're, they're very good. Every now and then, you know, when you, when you change companies, every now and then you get one, and it feels like a cross between a turtleneck and an army blanket. You know, and it, these feel awesome. So they're good shirts. Anyways, hey, if you, have some, uh, if you have an Orange Bolton, grab that. Take some notes today. It'll be a good one for you. Today, we're in this series, and the theme of this series, I'm sure all the high schoolers can tell me, the theme of this series is learning to follow God's Spirit better. That should be our goal in life as a believer. I want to follow God's Spirit better. But through this series, really not just through this series, but uh, as a pastor, I get the question a bunch, how do I know that's God? You ever thought that? How do I know that's God? How do I know it's not me? It's not a circumstance? It's not something else? How do I know that's God? And, and I think that's something that people have asked from the beginning. That's what walking in your faith, growing in your relationship with Christ, understanding His Word, it's, that's what it's all about. And Proverbs tells it to us like this. Proverbs 3 says this. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Can I get an amen? It, and it's not just on Sundays. What he's saying is everywhere you go, everything you do, at work, listen for God's voice at work. Let him, let him lead you in decisions you have to make, in, in uh, things that you talk about. How about at your family? How about not just on Sunday, but on Monday, listen for God's voice. Amen? How many believe that God's voice can change your life? Just saying yes to God's voice can change your life. It can steer you in the right direction, which the right direction is God's will for your life. And it is important, important to listen to that in everything we do. It, it reminds me of, if, if you're ever around me, with my kids especially, my family, uh, me and Jenny will be having a conversation, somebody will text her, she'll whip out her phone, and I'm in the middle of a story and I'll just stop. Because I know that the focus now is on this phone, and it is not on me, and at the end of the, whatever she's doing on the phone, I'll have to just repeat everything that was said while she was working on the phone. And and it's that way with most of us, with most people. And and it it shows me, constantly shows me, how many things there are in this world that keep us from listening. Jesus actually addressed this. We're going to talk about this in Luke chapter 8 today, in a passage that Jesus talked about the difference between listening to God and actually hearing what He's saying. And I think that's important, because a lot of us, we listen at church, when we come to church, but hearing God through the rest of the week is super important important for us. Those are the differences. That's what changes us. Not just coming here, right? Coming here does very little for you unless you put it into practice, right? Going to the gym and sitting in the lobby does nothing for you, right? Maybe introduce you to some people like you. They like to go to the gym because that's good. But until you start applying what you're learning, it's not going to change. So if you grab your notes, we're going to jump in and and I'm going to Jump to the middle of this story and I want to read you one verse out of the middle of Luke chapter 8. It's an easy one to remember because it's Luke 8, 8. And this is what Jesus says about the story he's saying. And tell me what you think this means. Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's important for us, this is what Jesus is saying, it's important for us to hear what's going on. Not to just sit in service but to hear what God's saying to your heart, right? To hear what God's speaking to you individually. Not just what Scott's saying, can I get an amen? But what God's Spirit is saying to you, right? It's important for us. But let's back up because Jesus tells us a story first and he'll connect some dots for us about why he said Luke 8 8. He who has ears to hear, all right, he's talking to all of us, everybody in this room, let him hear. What the Spirit says. Here we go. Luke chapter 8. We're going to jump back to verse 5 and it says this. Jesus gives us a real short parable about listening. It says, A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still the other seed fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. It fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he yeah, when he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What he said is listen, if you'll not just listen to what's going on in church, if you'll actually hear what God is speaking to your heart through the worship, through the message, through the offering time through whatever's going on, if you let God speak to your heart, that it can, if it's good soil, if you're listening, if you're hearing what he's saying, it can produce a hundred times what went in. Isn't that good? How many would like a hundred times on your investment every time? Lord, right now, we are praying in one unison body. Right? We want a hundredfold on everything. Listen, if I, if I can get one sentence... That God is speaking to me today. And I can apply it to my life. And that yields a hundred times in my life. In my family. In my career. In my friends. In my hobbies. Can I just tell you right now. I've dropped everything else in life. One thing I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on hearing what God's speaking to. Amen. That's, that's why it's so important. I want a hundredfold in my life. I want a hundred times what God's going to yield in my life. And what's great about this is that he keeps on. In verse 11, he doesn't actually just make us figure it out. He actually tells us the meaning of this parable. He says that in verse 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. How many did not know that before we read that today? We, we, We understand that. The seed is just the beginning of this story. The seed is God's word. How many have ever heard the scripture that God's word is living and active? Isn't that wild? But It's not just like reading a website. It's not just like reading a magazine. God's Word is actually alive. And alive in a way that's very hard for you and I to articulate. In fact, it's so alive that if we let it lead us, it can take things where we invest really hard into our family or our friends or our careers. And maybe we'll get two times as much work out of it. God's Word just told us. If you'll let God's Word lead you, God's Spirit lead you, you can produce a hundredfold in your life. That's why it's so important. So he's going to tell us this, but before he he explains what the path, the rocks, the good soil, all that is, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. You ready? Put your hand on your heart. You ready for this? Say, Lord, I'm praying that this is good soil. Help your Word fall deep in my life and produce a giant crop. Amen. That's what we're wanting today. I I don't want to walk out of this place the same that I came into any day of the week, much less on Sundays. Amen. I I want between all the investment of the band and the message and the, the leaders and the volunteers and all the stuff that's going on, that's all awesome. But the reason I come and give an hour on the morning like this, I pray the reason you come is not to walk out of here the same. It's to walk out of here a hundred times better than you were when you walked in. Have I got anybody's attention this morning? Amen. Woo! Aren't you glad the rain didn't keep you out today? It's good stuff. So let's, let's read the, verse 12, the very first explanation. He says this. Those along the path, those along the path, those ones that fell along the path, are the ones who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. One of the hardest ones. One of the hardest illustrations that he gives right there. But the ones that fell along the path, the birds came in and swooped it up and took it away. He said these are people that the devil comes in, they didn't apply it. So the devil comes in and he takes that away and they end up not believing. And because they don't believe what you have to believe to be saved, They're not saved. They don't get saved from themselves, from this world. They're not saved. And I like to call this, there's four different versions of the heart today that we're going to talk about. You see that in your notes. And the first one is this. It's the polluted heart. It's really the easiest one to preach on because we've all been there before. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody to say we've all been there before. But if we can get this one right, we can get started down the right path. It's the polluted heart. It's uh, God trying to speak to us, but there's still... Junk in our lives. Does that make sense? There's stuff in our lives that's clogged it up. This week we had our air conditioner guy here at the church. We had a couple of units that weren't working, which is about every week in the summertime when it hits 95 and 100 degrees. But he showed up and took a couple of units apart. And in one of them, from from the install, when they installed the system, was a bunch of trash in the valve. The reason the valve couldn't open, that unit hasn't been working very good, is because wherever it cut loose from, that trash went all through the system. And it got stuck in that valve. And every now and then you have to recognize what's keeping my heart from working, from believing what God's doing, and from saving my soul, is the trash in my life, right? Every now and then you gotta just, let's just take out the trash. Amen? And and that's what he's saying. And And I have found that it's predominantly two places that trash comes from, that the polluted heart gets polluted. One, it's, our choices in life. Can I get a real quiet amen on that? Amen. Yeah. It's our choices. Things that we decide to do that we go, whoops, shouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish I'd quit doing that, those things. But let me just tell you, the other thing are the people around us. And that, that's why it's so important with who we surround ourselves with. The people around us can pollute our heart. The choices that we make can pollute our heart. Here's what's great about that is, you're in charge of both of those. Amen? You, that, that's your that's your choice that's my choice. I get to choose what I allowed to go into my life and either pollute it or encourage it. I get to choose that so on a polluted heart, that one along the path i don't i don't want to be the person along the path where the seed falls and it's quickly taken away and keeps me from believing. I want to make some room in my heart for the seed to grow and for it to produce crop. James tells us like this, I love this. James says, get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. Woo! James is preaching. If you ever go, I just need some preaching. It's Thursday morning and I need some preaching in my life. Just jump over in the book of James and read all you can handle right there. All right? He got four or five chapters for you that is just nothing but you sitting in front of the pulpit, him yelling at you, all right? James gets right after it. He tells us the truth. In fact, it was one of the last books admitted to the canon of the Bible for that very reason. Straightforward. It's in our face. But God said in in James, if we will get rid of that. I remember reading that as a new believer. I just thought God did that all in my life. I just thought when I prayed, God got rid of all the junk in my life. But James doesn't say that. James, in several other chapters and verses throughout the New Testament, encouraged me to be the one to get rid of the junk in my life, the things that drag me down, that slow me down, maybe those two things that we talked about, maybe some of my choices and the people that I'm around. James says you get rid of that and then humbly accept. Let that word fall deep in your heart, and God's going to change you. He's going to save you through God's word doing that in your life. Amen? Woo! That's good stuff this morning, isn't it? I love it. You you, you do realize I have the easiest job in the world, don't you? I have the number one best-selling supernatural book in the world, and I get to talk about it every week. It's not fair, is it? Let's keep reading in Luke chapter 8, because he keeps on with this story. He's going to explain this parable. He says this, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. So attitude has a lot to do with it, right? How How we hear God's word in our life. They accept the the message with joy, but like young plants in such in such soil, their roots didn't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when hot winds of testing blow. Whew. I call this one the distracted heart. This is the distracted heart. Remember, it's the it's the one that it gets planted. It, 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 hey, I'll accept this, but the first wind that comes along that hits it, the heat that comes into light. When how many of you know that? You live here long enough and the heat's going to get turned up in your life a little bit. Things happen. And it doesn't change God's word, but it also changes how we see God's word sometimes, how we apply it to our lives. And when that happens, it says these plants wilt. The word of God wilts in our life. We go, oh, well, I thought that was going to fix everything. It says it doesn't fix everything. I don't really know if I believe now. And it's the distracted heart. It's a heart that's distracted. And I'll tell you, as I think about being distracted and things that distract me from hearing God's voice, remember, that's the goal for this message, the goal for this series. Learn to follow the Spirit better. I'm going to be really honest with you. The number one culprit, is this little thing right here. I wouldn't call it the devil because it's a great thing, but it's super easy to be distracted by this, isn't it? Just me. Y'all, y'all feel like pointing at somebody on your road? Don't do that. You're be in trouble. But this is one of the things that keep me distracted about more than anything. And can I tell you, this is, this is torture for those of us that have big people ADHD. Because those little red dots, I can't live with red dots. Did you know that? Like... And, and they know that. The apps know that. Because I'll turn off the notifications for my apps and still they'll find ways to make the red dot appear. And you know what happens when the red dot appears? I'll be right in the middle of a mess. I just got to get this red dot. And it's like that all during the day. I have deleted apps because they keep showing me a red dot and there's really nothing important there. And and it may not be, it may not be a phone for you. But well, what's important about being distracted, having a distracted heart? And I'm telling you, from from somebody that like I, I fight this my entire life. I have my wife still tells me you need to go get tested, and I said no. I'm going to whoop this thing. Forty eight <laughs> years in, forty eight years in, I'm going to beat this sucker. <laughs> but I, I have to find ways throughout my life to turn down the volume of other things in my life so that I can hear God. Does that make sense? I can remember when the first time, several years ago, when when I'm like, I need to go pray. And I came into the, to the auditorium where I was at, the church that I was at, and, and I remember my phone went off and I sat there and like 38 hours later, I'm like, wait, I haven't prayed yet. Have you ever done that? Like it started into and it just sucked me in. Literally, like 15 minutes later, I'm still checking stuff and the little red dots, and what does that mean? Who wants to talk to me? Or do I need to copy and paste, I need to open this one over here. And just it just trails. And to the point when I realized that if I'm gonna hear God's voice, I've got to turn that down. And I can remember the first time that I turned off my phone, set <laughs> it there, and left it as I went into another room. And nobody died. The world didn't come to an end. But I had to realize that my heart was distracted. Does that make sense? Me. My heart was distracted. And I had to turn down the world's volume. Those things in my life that distract me. Because still to this day, my number one thing is I need to hear from God. If I can hear from God, then all the rest of that stuff can follow. I can use my phone correctly. I, all the other things that distract me. I can do all those things correctly because I'm hearing from God. Amen. Luke 10 says it like this in the Amplified Version. I love the Amplified Version. It says, and it's talking about two sisters. You may have heard this story before. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to His teaching. But Martha, this is what I like about the Amplified Version, in parentheses says, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. These two people... In the same room, Jesus is there. They have the same opportunity. And one realized that the greatest thing that I can be doing is sitting and actually hearing what Jesus is saying. While the other one decided, hey, I need to be serving. I need to be, right? I mean, I need to be loving on Jesus. I need to be getting him some food, some root beer, whatever he was wanting. I need to just knock that out for Jesus. And one realized, you know, what's most important is to not be distracted. It's to hear because he who has ears needs to be hearing what God's Spirit is saying to them because that's what will change your life. Amen? You know, in, on our church staff, we, we pastors and part-time pastors, and we have seven or eight of us, and we have staff meeting on, uh, on uh, Tuesdays. And every now and then we will talk about, you do realize that your pastoral job is not your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes people get so caught up in serving Jesus, they forget to have a relationship with Him. And the most important thing at South Point is, I I don't want our pastoral staff burning out because they serve Jesus all the time. Right? I want them to love Jesus, have such a great relationship that their ministry is an overflow of what good God's doing in them. Amen? And that should be each of us. Don't get so distracted. Don't get so distracted that when the heat comes, your roots aren't deep enough. And the test of this world just wipes you out. Don't be distracted. The third one is this. Let's read verse 14. We're going to keep going. The seed that fell among weeds stood for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are checked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. That is tough. This is the immature heart maybe one of the saddest of them all because they heard it they went on their way and just the normal things of life worries pleasures riches kept them from maturing you know when we came up with a few uh, a few months ago the goals for the second half of our year because we reached our first half goals we really wanted God to Lay, lay some goals on our leadership and on our staff that would help change peer, people spiritually. But that's hard to do when you have to write something down. Does that make sense? Like, you want to write down, okay, everybody memorize the book of John. That'll really get us all spiritual. But we're probably not going to all do that. But I'm going to throw them up on the screen real quick because these are the goals that we came up with. And I just want to remind you of why we do what we do at South Point. Even, even our main goals. Our first one is that every person would invite three people to church. Now, let me ask you real quick. Why, why would we do something like that? And the first thought maybe is, well, because we want three times as many people to be at South Point. That'd be a great first guess. And that's probably a second or third guess along the way that we would have more people here, more people to hear about Jesus, more people to get saved, have life change. But can I tell you the real reason for having a goal that everybody should invite somebody is so that each of us would be forced to step out of our comfort zone and share our faith, what God's doing in our life. Can I tell you, you hearing out of your mouth what God's doing in your life is a great step of maturity. You speak, you know what? God's doing this in my life. God's doing this at our church. I want you to come experience that. Hopefully the byproduct would be one or two of those three would come and get to experience. Maybe four or five of them. Maybe they bring their whole family. That would be awesome. But the goal would be For us to take a step in our faith past where our comfort is and grow. Amen? Become mature. The second one says that every person become a part of a point group. A small group at our church. And that's because there's only so much. Can I just tell you real quick? There's only so much growth you can do right here. It's very limited. It's a big group. You can't ask questions. Hey, Scott, what do you mean about that? Well, how does point two apply when you're talking about my kids and raising my kids? What would you do different when your kids were seven versus when they were two? Or what do you do different when they're 18? And You get that in small groups because you're in a small group with people in your same stage of life and you get to, as the Bible says in Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You get to talk about those things and you get to really grow deep in your understanding of how God's Word affects your actual life. That's why it's so important. We don't need to buffer our numbers for small groups. We want us to mature as a body. And the last one, that every point group be a part of three outreaches. Well, we just happen to have three outreaches for the rest of the year. Woohoo! It's exciting. July 21st is our next one for the school. And it's not because we need 400 people at every outreach. But it's because as a church staff and our leadership, we understand the the finishing cycle of becoming a follower of Christ is not just about you learning, but it's about you serving and you giving. When we go down to Rockwood, it's not so that any of those people will come here and return and invest back into our church. It is solely because we love people, we understand that our faith, it, as that lobby wall says, says that Loving God and loving people sums up what being a follower of Christ is. That's why we do it. So when we talk about being mature at South Point, we try to, and every step along the way, we try to provide ways to help each of us mature. I pray you take advantage of. Them. That's my prayer. That whatever, if you say, Well, I feel like the path some days, or I feel like the rocks some days, I feel like the weeds. Some days. You know what? Maybe that little prayer that we prayed in the middle of the message, maybe that would be your morning prayer for the next month. Lord, I'm praying that I'm good soil. I'm going to hear your word, hear your spirit speak to me today, and that it would go deep into my heart, and it would change my life from now on. Every day. That I would be mature, not just hearing it, but doing it. Amen? Amen? Hebrews 12 says this. One of my favorite passages of scripture says this. Since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. Man, there's about three of them right there. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. Good stuff. Last verse out of Luke 8 says this. But the seed... But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, by sticking with it, by lasting through the heat, those people produce a crop. What did we talk about at the very beginning of this parable? That if we hear it and put it into practice, it returns a hundred times, right? A hundredfold in our life. This is the whole goal right here, this verse. I'm going to read the whole verse one more time. Because this is the goal of the parable. The first three, the goal is to avoid them. But this one, the goal is to become this. The seed on good soil stands for those. That's representing us. Good soil. With a noble and good heart. Who hear the word, retain it. And by persevering, produce a crop. Let me just say, this fourth one is called the prepared heart. Four types of hearts Jesus describes in this parable people that are distracted, people that are immature, but he's talking about right here the prepared heart, not the perfect heart. Can you look at your neighbor and say it didn't say perfection? Woo, that's so important. Let's not walk out of here thinking that any of these points were perfect today. It's about hearing God's word tell us that it's about the prepared heart. Listen where he says that their heart was noble and good. I'm going to step out on a limb right now. I'm going to say everybody in here, your heart is noble and it is good. And then what you you hear God's word, do you keep it? Do you retain it? And do you stick with it even through the heat? Because if you will, if you'll stick with it by faith through the heat, through the tests in your life, God says that you're going to produce a crop in your life. Not once or twice, but things will happen in your life that are so much greater than
1: you even anticipated that you're going to go, that has got to be God. A crop. I would love to stand up here as the pastor and say, Listen, I have 10 keys
0: to spiritual success and give them to. let Lord, I know I didn't make it perfect yesterday, but that's why I need you teach me, guide me. Let me follow your spirit every single day. The second one is to refocus. Refocus. Don't don't be a distracted heart, Scott. Don't 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 let the little red dots take you away from what God's got for you in life. You refocus throughout the day. When I feel that, sometimes, listen, as, a, as an adult with you know, I call it ADHD, whatever that is in my life. As an adult, I have to sometimes just go. I'm not turning down the volume. I'm unplugging it from the wall. Sometimes I can feel that tension in life. And I just have to go, nope, I'm going to go refocus. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to take a drive. I'm going to do what I need to do to turn down the volume of the world so that I can turn up the volume of God's spirit. God that's in us. 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 7 says this in the message, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles and distracts us. How about that? Let's make a clean break. Can I get amen? Let's just make a clean break. Let's repeat. There we go. Both within and without, things externally and internally. Let's break. And let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples.
1: out no.